Hey, Grace. Yeah, David? Do you want to go back? Back where? Back to the best. Back to the best? Back Back to to the the best. best. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Back to the Best. I'm David. And I'm Grace, and this is our podcast where we talk about all the best things from the 90s to the 2000s, which is also known as the best times. To all our first-time listeners, welcome. To all our former besties returning, welcome back. Welcome back to Back to the Best, everybody. We're so happy you're here. Back. Welcome back. You guys, we have an amazing episode today with honestly such a great guest. Her stories were amazing. Yes, today we are joined by Lynn Paolo. She is a costume designer for literally everything. Oh my gosh. She, you'll probably see it in the title and you'll hear it. She's worked on ER, Step by Step, The West Wing. More currently, she's worked on Scandal. You guys, she has so many great things to say. I feel like we learned a lot from this too. We did. Uh, I mean, Dallas, Little Fires Everywhere, How to Get Away with Murder, an upcoming Shonda Rhimes show. Honestly, anybody, if you guys know Grace and I, we love all of Shonda Rhimes shows. We love Shondaland. We are huge, huge fans. Just hearing somebody like talk about having a conversation with Shonda. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. You guys just, <laughs> just wait. Just, you know us. We're, we just want to talk about it already, but just wait. We, you're going to love this interview. Um, here Let's she is. It. Let's do it. Here's Lynn. Nice to meet you. Nice, nice to, to meet, meet you too. too. Thank you so much for doing this, by the way. Oh my gosh. I'm home alone. What's going <laughs> What am I going to do? We were saying, because when, what, March, this all started, we were like, okay, we had been saying that we needed to figure out how to do a podcast online, and now it's the only way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's how Josh Molina did all of his, um, you know, the West Wing stuff. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. His podcast took off, too, man. Oh, we should check that out. He filled theaters all over England because of the podcast. People came and, I mean, he traveled all over the world just talking about the West Wing. And I keep giving him grief. I was like, you weren't really on it that long, Melina. What's your problem? Like, (laughs) when did you become like the arbiter of all things West Wing? He's the face of West Wing. (laughs) I love, I love him. He's funny. Oh, that's awesome. Really worked out. (laughs) He's a great guy. Oh. Yeah, ask away. (laughs) <laughs> all right let's do it we love this we love this we'll get right to it yeah. well, we do want to know like how did you get started in the industry so I mean Je- I think maybe Gemma told you this but I literally had no I didn't even know this job existed I grew up in a really little well it's not little now but in the north of England and my dad was a coal miner and um I had no idea so I went to university to read English literature because I'm an avid reader or I used to be, now I've become an audible freak. Um, And uh, after school, I took an additional year for child psychology and child development to become a teacher. But then I moved to the States without, you know, with a man and um, (laughs) Gemma's dad. And then um, realized that I was gonna have to, after like, you know, six years of study and two degrees, the state of California wanted me to go back to school for three months to get a teaching certificate, which by the way, three months, okay. Um, 
and being the ignoramus that I was at the time, I was like, I'm not doing that. So I started working as a PA oh. on, uh, I had no money, you know, I was an immigrant, uh, as a PA um, on commercials and music videos. And that's oh, how nice. I, it's ridiculous that that's how I got oh. into this business because I, and for years I was so embarrassed and felt that I was like an interloper you know, and I didn't have a proper education for it. And I always felt, you know, my friends who are fancy costume designers are all like, oh, well, I went to FIDM and I'm just like, mm -hmm. so <laughs> or I went to Carnegie Mellon and I was constantly feeling less than, but um, I think, you know, that doing the job, you learn in me, you really, I don't know, I, I feel like the history of costumes and, and construction. It's so amazing to learn all of that. But now that I'm much older, I don't feel bad about it anymore. But I used to, I was really insecure about it. So that's how I started. I started from the bottom. I did craft service. Oh, I delivered nice. the coffee, the grips complaining that I didn't <laughs> have, you know, their type of whatever. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> lots of people complaining and then um worked just worked my way up and then it was funny that i started helping on commercials then i was a production coordinator oh wow okay. then i joined the dga as a trainee and i hated every second of it because oh, no. i was like oh i've got to knock on the door and get the actor out of the room oh. and, um and then my friend um Sandy Martin, who owned a production company, said, you're wasted in this. You have such flair. Why don't you give costumes a try? Because, you know, you know, I was, I was like off the boat from England. So I was pretty sort of hip the way I dressed. And um, which sounds like a ridiculous way to start a job. But it was, you know, I had a, a young child and I needed to make money. And this person had trust in me and helped me get in the union. So I gave it a go. And then I loved it. I mean, it just, it seems so weird that I just fell into it. Don't you think it's a ridiculous thing? That's such a cool story though. Yeah. I didn't have like this overarching passion. Mm -hmm. Now I do, mm -hmm. you know, now I love it. Uh -huh. But getting in, it was sort of just fate. So yeah, it seems so like cool. everything kind of fell the way it like right in the right order for you yeah. too. If I had to do it again, I'd be a producer. Mm, there's Would still you? time you could still do it <laughs> total career shift now i know i'm like mm, something new um because i like fixing puzzles mm. so that's how i started it was you know i worked also to anyone out there once i worked my silliness off i mean i you know those early days the early days of HBO and the early days of everything. It was, it was a solid 18 hour day every day. Wow. Yeah. So on oh like God. a flat because they were non-union, you know, oh. and uh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and Je my, uh, my daughter, I know probably not the podcast thing to say, but you could edit this out. I'm always like, but Gemma. And she goes, I know, mom, I know. You know, like I'm like the Monty Python sketch. Well, when I was in, you know, production. So, um, there's that. That's so um, cool, though. Well, we were going to ask if you'd be able to just kind of explain to someone who maybe doesn't know what a costume designer does, if mm. you'd be able to kind of like walk us through if you have like a certain process or basically what your job kind of entails. 
So for a costume designer, I think the, the thing to do is sort of like you are sort of a magician behind the scenes because so often I hear people say things like, especially for John Wells's world, um, mm. because most of his shows are about realism. So on ER, it needed to feel real. Mm. And uh, constantly people would say, when we would be interviewed for that show, Offer Shameless, well, didn't they just bring their clothes? And, oh. you know, that is sort of like this weird, so unless it's a period piece or people, and I don't think that's true anymore. I mean, social media has changed that. Don't you agree? Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but certainly 20 years ago, I would hear that question when we would be giving, you know, interviews. And so basically, you're telling the story. You're t as a costume designer, your job is to create the world that the writer has envisioned. Hmm. You're one part of that creation. You're not, you know, but... If you look at most, and my friends who are production designers are going to hate me right now, but if you look at most stills from a film or a television oh. show, you see the actor. You see the actor head to toe usually, and the setting has to be right, but the actor is telling the story, and you're helping the actor to tell the story. So you're not only creating a world you're creating you know you're creating a human so mm -hmm. kerry washington is not olivia pope or uh, george clooney wasn't dr ross mm -hmm. um and you're also helping the actor so when you're in a fitting room with an actor you talk through you know what do you think this person would be and then do you think this person would do this? And you have these really, in, it's actually my favorite part of the job, these really interesting conversations about who is this person? So how mm. would this person reflect who they are by how they dress? Mm. And I love it when people, actors say, this is him or this is her. Oh, wow, we got him. You know, because uh -huh. there's that magical moment. Like Bradley Whitford, I remember in my fitting for The West Wing, he literally stood there and said, this is Josh. We have him. This is Josh. So that gives you such a thrill, you know, that you've helped. Bet. So it's also a lot of management and budgets. <laughs> yeah. I could only imagine. <laughs> and and uh, people management. And, you know, you, you get into the business and then you, well, I thought, oh, I, you know, not having any education on it and had many failures, I think. But that you really are going to be like, you know, this airy fairy artsy person, but you know, you need to be organized and you need to be a people person and you need to be able to communicate. Well, it's a very right and left brain thing. Yeah. Um, it, it's not one side of your brain. You know, it's, it's very much, you have to be creative. You have to understand the creative process, but you also need to be a good manager. Tricky. Wow. It is, yeah. Yeah, a lot goes into that because it probably helps the actor as well to actually feel like that person in those clothes. I mean, that's the whole point of a costume. I mean, some yeah. actors, um, they concentrate on the shoe. Like for them, it's all oh. about the shoe. Like how do their feet feel? Do they feel like that person? Did it change how they walk? Is it something that they would never wear in their lives? It should be something they would never wear in their lives. Sure. Um, and so that, that those moments in the fitting room, if I ever write a book, I'm going to call it in the fitting room. Uh, are Ooh, these, love it. It's a great title. <laughs> are these 
beats. I was supposed to write a book last year and I was like, this is a lot of work. <laughs> I can only imagine what goes into writing a book. That sounds like so much. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shonda Rhimes was trying to get, and I was like, Shonda, you're the writer. I'm not <laughs> the writer. Um, so yeah, the, um, I think actors rely on costume designers in the same way that they rely on their makeup and hair people, you know, to mm. help them find it, to find mm. who the person is. And also, you know, it, especially on the West Wing, just sort of John Spencer would say to me, you know, this is, one, it's the tabernacle. I mean, all the confessional books, like whatever happens in that room, you don't tell anybody what happened in that room. It's between mm. you and the actor. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's also a little bit of a therapy session in there. Oh. So there's a lot of, you know, discussion <laughs> that goes on. Because you're very vulnerable. You walk into the room and you take your clothes off in like... Mm five minutes so you have to feel safe actors need to feel that you've got their backs and I mean I wouldn't I couldn't do what they do I, I love actors I yeah. absolutely couldn't do what they do wow that so. sounds amazing hmm. um so you worked on Dallas what was that like well that really ages me so uh, first of all <laughs> what I'm going to say is uh, you know growing up in England I was in high school when mm. Dallas started, you know, and it went, well, 15 years or whatever it was. Yeah, it was on for so long. So I, when I first got here, like the second year, my friend was working on the show and I'd just gotten in the union and they offered me a job on the set. So <clears throat> I worked on the set and it was, it's so weird because I went home that Christmas and I was um, in the back of a taxi, you know, in London, the cabbie. And he was like, what are you doing? And I go, oh, well, you know, I've been working on Dallas. It's, you know, I'm so excited. My mom can't wait for me to get home. Until, and he freaking did not believe me. Oh, like no. he was like, yeah, okay. Because I was like 26 and I'm oh. in and I'm talking about working on Dallas, which was still such a huge hit. And, um, you know, he, he, did, he was like, oh, whatever, kid. You know, it was this weird moment. Um, it was, it was something I grew up with. So for me, I was super excited, you know, yeah. and Larry Hagman was hysterically funny and for some reason loved me. I don't know why. So, you know, he ended up, you know, I was his pal and, um, and the producer, they've all passed away now. It's so sad. Um, Lenny Katzman, uh, who, you know, they, Knots Landing. It was like all mm -hmm. those shows were huge back then. Um, the second year I was there, they I got a call and they said, and it was so funny. He goes, "Listen, kid, Lenny. Listen, kid. The actors love you. We think you should move up." And they moved me up. I mean, wow. I was the set person, and I don't know why they just said we're moving you. And they gave me this job. And I t I'm telling you right now, I had no clue what I was doing. I had no idea how to budget. I, had I, I didn't have a clue. So basically I called and I've forgotten her name now, the nice lady who was working on Knott's Landing. Uh -huh. And she like ran me through like the paperwork and blah, 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 blah. And I went to the producers and said, you know, I, I'm feeling like 
you know, you have such faith in me, but I have never done this before. And this is a big show. Yeah. And, and, and Lenny said, you're, you're going to be fine kid. Don't worry about it. Which is like, oh my God. So I almost had a nervous breakdown. Oh no. But, but you know, it wasn't, it was hard, but it wasn't so hard to go to Neiman Marcus, you know? So, <laughs> which is gone. Oh my God. I know. Um, oh, that's right. It is. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Um, so, um, and you know, the cast, they were just, they were just delightful humans. So it was never, you know, pre I, I think for me, and this is going to sound a little conceited, but the pretty is not hard, like buying mm -hmm. beautiful clothes and tailoring them. And, and I'm, I, I've learned a lot over the years. My tailoring skills would not have been so great back then. Um, but there were great technicians. It was at MGM. You know, they had been there okay. forever. Like the, sure. the seamstresses, you know, they'd worked on everybody. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'm just a kid. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, it, was, it was this beautiful experience for me and, and a very amazing start to my career. And, and, a, and an interesting moment that someone gave me. I don't, like, I don't know if that would happen now. Mm. Like, yeah, I don't know, so would an executive yeah. producer give like a 20 something who'd never done it and had no resume and he handed me this show. Wow. And that was, you know, I still don't know why he did it. I have mm. no idea why he decided that they were going to give me that opportunity, but they did. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a long resume. Yeah. <laughs> Show me what you've done. I know, but maybe that was different times. I don't know. They probably just I was a hard worker. Like they saw yeah, that. I was gonna the say. fact that they had got to know you before too, I'm sure helped. Yeah. 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 But it's yeah. a huge compliment as well. I, I think they were nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just like, oh my well, God. Well, hey, if they I'm... took a risk on you, it clearly worked out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But they threw me in the deep end, man. I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> um, but they were, you know, they were, they were kind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were super kind people. So. Mm. That's so great. Lucky. Um, and then another show that we saw that you worked on is one of our favorite sitcoms of all time, Step by Step. And we would love to know just what your experience was like working on that show. So that's a Dallas connection. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Patrick. Yeah. Um, and after, uh, Dallas, you know, ended. I went and did Homefront. I was recommended by the lady from the same lady. I should know her name. The same <laughs> lady from Knott's Landing recommended me to the producers of Knott's Landing to do Homefront. Okay. Um, and Lynn Latham and Bernie Lake were the producers of Knott's Landing. They also produced Homefront. So everything was connected to Dallas. Um, I did Homefront and uh, I won two Emmys back to back. Um, the show goes down and I couldn't get a job. I mean, there were three months I was not working because people, every interview I went on, they were like, oh, you do a period, you do period pieces. And I kept wanting to say, well, no, I mean, not, yeah. no. Um, and um, Patrick found out that I hadn't, been working and um he recommended me to the producers of step by step when they were replacing their um you know their customer for the show 
God bless oh. him. You know, Gemma was little. I really needed the gig. Oh. And, um, and I interviewed with the producer and got the job. And I'm, it was, I had never, also, never done a sitcom. Okay. Um, so that was a huge, you know, it's a huge adjustment, like the sure. live audience. And um, it's very, di it's just a different world, isn't it? I mean, I'd come uh -huh. from Glamour on Dallas and then a period piece. And then this was all about, oh, we don't think the red apple is funny. It should be a green apple. Oh my God. <laughs> Her dress is red. And I'd be like, you know, guys, is the apple that, you know, funny? You know, you work in comedy. Yeah. So um, it was, I loved it. Like, I, first of all, I loved the hours because, you know, we'd get every third week off. Oh, that's nice. Uh, and I think most, do most sitcoms still do that? I don't know. I think so, I yeah. I think so, yeah. And, you know, Patrick was a pal. Mm -hmm. Some of the crew were actually some of the crew from Dallas. Oh, okay. cool. Which was interesting. The hair and makeup department had moved over. And uh, Suzanne was a riot. I mean, she's a funny lady. Yeah. Summers. And I can imagine. Cast, oh, my gosh. She's funny. And that cast was so... I mean, they were all so young. Um, I don't think any of them are still in the business. But they were... They were just super... It was, they were all super talented and really professional Mm -hmm. And it was a, I think for me, it was a real learning experience because I, I, when I jumped from show to show, they were also very different from each other. Mm. And I mean, that whole Miller Boyette back then, I mean, they owned the Warner Brothers lot, you know? Yeah. I mean, all the shows that they mm -hmm. had. Um, and they too were like these super, you know, amazingly talented people who were kind to their to their staff. I mean, Ronnie Hallen was there and she's Penny Marshall's sister. I mean, it was all this okay. sort of interwoven, the Dallas people, the Warner Brothers people, and I just done home from for Warner Brothers. Um, and it ended up being like a home away from home. And I stayed on that show, even though um, because of Homefront, Warners and Chris Chulak and John Wells offered me ER. Mm. So that was the beginning of me doing more than one show because oh, wow. um, John and Chris, Chris specifically from Homefront, he introduced me to John Wells. And so stage eight was on one, you know, the Warner Brothers lot on one side. So we were on stage eight and then stage 11 was ER. So I would walk <laughs> down the street all day oh going from oh. Uh, show to show. And, um, you know, I've been at Warner Brothers, I don't know, since Gemma was three, so 27, 28 years. Okay. We actually, Grace and I used to be tour guides at Warner Brothers. Oh, did yeah. you really? We were. We, so we've some been of all the things are, Some of the things aren't true, I'm going to tell you. Oh, oh yeah. that, that was one of the first things when I started work, because I interned at Conan first and then uh -huh. was a tour guide before coming back. Yeah. And they drove by one the Conoco offices, and I remember hearing a tour go, and inside here is where Conan O'Brien writes his show. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's so funny. It is so funny, though, isn't it? Like, I hear them say things, and, I'm, and I sometimes think, should I say something? And I think, eh, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> yeah. Flag them down. Tell them. <laughs> yeah. Do you, you want to hear a flagging down story from the West Wing? Oh, Yeah. So um, outside, we were on different stages for West Wing, and then they moved us 
you know, over to the corner by the costume department there, that big stage. And Martin Sheen is the nicest man on the face of the planet. Uh-huh. I mean, so kind and so sweet. And it was a pretty chilly day. And um, I guess when, it's when the carts, when it first started, the tour just started. It was not something you saw a lot of back uh-huh. then. And, and one went by and Martin saw this woman was cold on the back of the cart and he took his overcoat, his, you know, $2,000 overcoat, um, and gave it to the woman to keep warm. Oh and my gosh. the cart went. And so, you know, Martin's like, la, 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 la. And so then they're calling on the set and we're like, where's your coat? Martin, do you know where your coat is, honey? Oh yeah, I loaned it to the woman on the car. So the whole, like the whole West Wing crew, like everyone was running out of the stage trying to find the, you know, it was like a thing. We couldn't. Oh my God. Hope was missing. Some strange lady. I wonder who she, I mean, find her. Um, anyway, so yeah, he gave away, we got it back, but okay. it, was a, it was a good 30, 40 minutes of like the eighties. We're losing production time, you know? Yeah. Oh my anyway, God. But God bless Martin. Gave oh my God. Time. That is hysterical. I know he's the best, but step-by-step step was, was a great education for me. You gotta learn mm. so much on that show because comedy dressing for comedy is so different than mm. because it's not. It's not real, do you know, yeah. unless you're doing Roseanne and you want to feel, you know, at, at the time, but it was more about being perky and happy, you know, it's that kind of, um, and I just learned so much about the camera and how color works on that mm. show. I can imagine the transition was probably a big one going to ER where it was all medical field and scrubs. And did you guys have somebody on set that kind of helped you with the costume design to make sure it was authentic? So, you know, on, uh, it was an interesting thing. And it's some, something that I love about my job is that you can be doing one show that, you know, that is something, you know, like it's step-by-step step and it's light and airy and it's about a family and bright colors. And then I would walk down the street to stage 11 and it would be about reality and blood and, telling the story and who is this person on this gurney and so i think the thing about that show that was tricky was you know we of course we have them at your to speak to your question we had on staff uh doctors um, and er doctors they all you know they worked at they literally worked at the er (laughs) so you know if you went to cedars you saw dr joe you know it's like that I still use that to get in if I need to. <laughs> um, and we had nurses on on the crew in the scenes, like real nurses. And also we we hired real paramedics. So when when a gurney was being taken off an ambulance for safety, there would always be a couple of real paramedics there, you know, to mm. the but the trick about ER, and I think the thing that is what's the right way to put it that is um still to this day something that um i feel badly about is that people don't realize how much work it was Uh, so people say as you do as you did but in you will understand what i'm saying that it was people in scrubs but it wasn't it was gang banger number seven who was knifed and how do you tell that story at that particular time Mm -hmm. in 30 seconds like who is before they say it you see his face you see what he's wearing they're cutting off his clothes which we would have to have eight of 
Because then when you take away all those bits from the person and they go, you know, they were always like, you'd always see like a baseball hat in front of the camera or you'd see pieces of their clothing and those telling the story of who they were. Then all of a sudden, you know, if you've ever been in the hospital, you're in one of those gowns and you're like, you feel like you're not yourself. You're not that person anymore. Uh-huh. So I, the clothes were always so important on that show because they had to tell who these people were in you know the 30, 40 seconds that they ran down the hallway. Mm. And of course the actors would say, or the person playing the paramedic would say, blah, 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 blah you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Housewife, boom, blah, blah. Um, but you know, it was always so important that the, the how they looked, like how these people looked, um, told who they were and mm. that show was deceivingly tricky i mean it's, i will say that that the er was probably the hardest show i ever did mm. yeah because steady cam was introduced you know with the oh. pilot the fact that you could 360 see everybody at all times we had 250 extras on that set every day most oh, wow. days and we dressed everybody so every oh person, and, and the thing is, people say, oh, they're just in scrubs. Well, we had different floors of the hospital. And it was funny because we only had one set of elevator doors, you know, and the, on the set, the camera would be positioned right at the door. The door would close. And when the door opened, we would do it in real time. Uh-huh. Everybody in that little hallway, they were in green and blue because they were in the yard. They, the extras would scuttle, 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 yeah. scuttle. And then, you know, then we were on the peds floor and now all the extras would be dressed in pediatric scrubs mm-hmm. and, you know, the camera's still there, the door opens, you know, Benton walks out. Mm-hmm. So you were telling the story with the clothes about the different floors. You know, we had a map mm-hmm. of like, this is on this floor, this is on, this. so we always knew if you went to floor three, then that was where the OR was. And um, it was, it was a huge show. I mean, it was huge in so many ways because it was, we were right next to friends, you know, they used to be right by the front gate. Like Uh the friends stage is not the original friends stage. Mm -hmm. That's where they ended. Originally they were at that stage right by the gate. Mm, And then we were in stage 11. So we were right next to each other. So Uh all the cast would be outside playing basketball with George, you know, on the, we had the basketball there. Oh yeah. And, um, kind of like where Ellen is now, all that whole section, that whole road was ER. Like we okay. it over. Wow. Um, and then friends moved for, they did move to the other stage because, you know, there really was no room for those two big shows in that space. Sure. Yeah. Um, but I mean, ER was, it was a challenging show, man. I mean, there was always like some huge snowstorm. Imagine mm-hmm. 250 extras in head to toe winter, clothes and then every friday night we'd be on the back lot you know and you know by the park there yeah and we'd have real you know we'd do the snow like it'd be snowing on the back (laughs) lot and it would be 110 (laughs) degrees and i was running around saying button up your coat button up your coat come on you know poor people the things (laughs) um it would literally be 100 degrees and we'd have the fake snow and and it was also beautiful you know, it was like Friday night on the back lot and it was snowing. Wow. That is so really cool. Pretty. And we mm. don't do, we don't do that anymore because now we have CGI. Mm. Um, That's so true. Yeah. 
Yeah, but that was a, that show was a tricky. That was a hard show. Wow. Loved it. Had a blast. Cast is amazing. Funniest people you'll ever meet. Um, <laughs> Uh, and we had a lot of fun because we're all like kids. We're all in our 30s. We were all a lot of fun on that set. Oh, that's great. Hmm. How many people are on like a costume team for a show like that? You know, back then, the, our, our, our crew was quite small. I mean, I, I talk about that now that I think there were only 10 people. But oh, now wow, I have awesome. 10 people on much smaller shows because also... That show changed everything. I mean, that show, I don't think people realize because now everyone's, I don't know, you know, Grace is on and there are mm. so many, there are other medical shows now, but that show was, it was a feature every week yeah. and we would be hiring extra people to help us. But my crew was actually much smaller on that. Now crews have gotten bigger because the amount of page count that you do depending on the show and also shows have become much more intricate than they were. I mean, ER, I think ER changed that actually. And I don't think people give that show credit, but before that, I mean, look at the difference between Dallas and ER. Mm. When you look yeah. at Dallas, it's three people in a room talking, maybe four people. ER came out just as Dallas was ending, like a year after Dallas ended. And suddenly it was, 300 people and you mm -hmm. see everything and the camera changed and steady cam changed everything and and it became like this crazy world i mean i guess nypd blue you know some of those early cop shows did that too uh -huh. but um yeah but i think er really pushed it wow it was such an iconic show we, we used to watch my mom has worked at a hospital her whole life so yeah. she loved it Oh my God, it was Thursday Loved nights. It, it was, yeah. you know, friends and ER. That's what everybody mm -hmm. did. I mean, we had a 40 share. Can you imagine oh. getting a 40 share of anything That's anymore? Crazy. No. I mean, that was like oh. the whole country watched that show on Thursday nights. It was such a good time. Like it was yeah, just an TV amazing was, time for that. Yeah, TV was great then. And I, you yeah. know, and, and I don't know that we have that anymore. Do we? I mean, I guess we had it on Game of Thrones. That was sort of appointment TV. Yeah, it just changed so much with like streaming services. People will release an entire season at once. It yeah. just doesn't have that same effect, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, people used to get really excited. Like on Thursdays, oh you my would, you God. know, people, I, my friends would be like, I can't speak to you. I'm going to, like, I work on the show. What do you mean you're going to go watch it? Um, it was, uh, you know, and that cast, I mean, look at George. Look at what happened to all of them. They all did so well. Seriously. Um, and they're, they're, you know, they are... They were just, it was just fun. That show, out of everything I worked on, I love, there's no show that was horrific, but that show, I'm still close to that cast. And, oh, um, that's great. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're just, it was just that, you know, when you're on something that is <clears throat> a huge hit like that and everybody bonds and you mm -hmm. sort of stick together, it was that vibe. I mean, and a lot of the people that were on that show still work for John Wells. We're all still together. Wow. So we've all, it's 20 years we've been together. Long That's lasting incredible. relationships. That's great. Yeah. Really cool. Well, we did also want to ask, you worked on the movie Prom Night with Brittany Snow. We love <laughs> yes. that movie. We're totally jumping movie. from ER to Prom Night. <laughs> More blood. <laughs> More blood. <laughs> 
<laughs> honestly, that's true. The blood. Um, what was it like designing like the prom dresses for that film? So that's another ER connection because Nelson McCormick, the director, was one of the directors on ER. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I had really um, decided, not decided, I wanted to stay in town when my kids were little. So I didn't mm. want to travel. So I had not done many features. And I, I literally turned down like amazing jobs um, because I wanted to stay in town. I wanted um, to be able to be home every night because that's the most important job is your children. So, um, and then all of a sudden here's the writer's strike. Oh yeah. And we're not filming, you know, they shut everything Mm. down. And um, Nelson McCormick, who was one of the directors from, from ER, uh, great guy, uh, used to hang out of helicopters in the military and film what was, you know. Oh my gosh. Just an amazing man. He called me and said, hey, Lynn, I'm going to be doing this um, little movie over at MGM and they have a complete script. There'll be no rewrites so we can film. And, and I was like, oh, are you sure? And they said, sure, come on over. And I went over and I interviewed with them. And I think they were, I think actually they were concerned because I didn't have a lot of feature credits. But Nelson was like, I need her. I want her she has to do it and you know and bless him it got me through the writer's strike i mean it was so much fun one mm-hmm. because all those i mean the prom dresses you know i mean we were like <laughs> calling the world to find <laughs> prom dresses um and Brittany was a fun new to the you know to the world mm-hmm. to you know fairly i think it was one of her earlier jobs i think uh-huh. i don't think yeah. she'd done that much um, and it was a genre I'd never worked in, you know, mm. uh, I mean, the horror of it all. And that was really interesting about that too, was it was at MGM and now Sony. And I had not been back there since I started on, um, Dallas. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And we were on some of the same stages. So it was this weird sort of circle of, you know, I met Nelson on ER and then he pulled me in and then we went to do it's together. And it was it was a very different experience because it was a low budget. I mean, for, you know, we spend as much, I think on a TV show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it was one of those great, God bless Nelson. You know, he got me through the writer's strike and kept me working and I got to do a little feature and it was fun. I mean, what's not fun about a horror movie? That is such a, fun, dresses. <laughs> such a fun movie. I mean, it was great. Like, I mean, like the dresses and the blood, and it was just like, oh, let's find a dress that'll show blood. You know, we were all about, ah, uh, no, you can't have any red dresses. I mean, we literally had no, nothing red on the show other than the blood. The blood. Yeah. And, and it was, um, I think, was that the one? Was that the one where it's Idris Elba at the end? The cop? And I think or is, so. I, I think it is. I'm pretty sure. Sh- yeah. I yeah, think it nobody is. knew who he was. Like he's no. the cop. Is that right? Gosh. I think I'm just oh, now realizing that, that that's that who that the, was. Is that the um the stepfather, the next one I did for them? Because then I uh, right I after that, that I did another one with Penn Penn Bashley. Oh, love him. Yeah. So but anyway, whatever. So and I got to dress Idris Elba. So there you go. That was like a big deal for me. Yeah. Like he walked in and I was like 
Wow. Didn't know who he, well, no, he, nobody <laughs> knew who he was. Yeah, that's he was, true. He was a DJ from London. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> Elba, Detective Wynn and Prom Night. Yeah, <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. So, you know, it was like this, uh, and I, we got on really well because he's British, obviously, and well, we just talked about England and music. So there you go. That's a fun fact. It was oh, so fun. I didn't even remember that. He was in that. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think I ever actually realized it was him until right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't imagine he gets asked about it too much. <laughs> no, I, just just, if you get it. to interview him, say, so what about prom night? <laughs> no, we will. <laughs> we will. We will start with prom night. Yeah, if he comes to the show for an interview, just say, hey, <laughs> tell me about your process. <laughs> I'm sure he was here because of the writer's strike too, you know? I mean, there was, nothing was going on. I mean, in London there probably was, but there was not a lot of work in LA during the strike. Oh. Sure. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, you know, they, 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 I believe in unions. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know that we told you that our podcast is all about the 90s to 2000s, but we have to ask you about Scandal, even though it's a little bit past <laughs> because we both watched the entire oh. show are obsessed with it and would just love to know what it was like working on that oh. and Olivia Pope's costumes were oh. incredible. Incredible. She always I looked incredible. Loved that. I've been really lucky in my career, I think. I, I, I because I haven't, yeah, there was one pilot I did where I was like, ugh. But um, I walked into that show and there are so many connections in your life and you don't realize it at the time when it's happening that one person leads to something. You know, I think that's something in our business that people need to know that you, you meet people and you should always be kind to those people. Not that you wouldn't be anyway and not for, not for your job, not because of that, but just, you should be anyway, but that all those connections lead to something else. So, I got a call and I was sitting in my office at Warner Brothers and they said, you know, we have Shonda Rhimes for you. Now, by the way, I didn't know who Shonda Rhimes was. Oh, uh, wow. I consciously will never work on another medical show. I mean, I turn, I have turned down house. I turned down so <gasps> many medical shows. I will never, I don't want to do another medical show. I'm not uh -huh. interested in doing another medical show. I had no idea who she was. And, uh, she just said, Lynn, you know, I'm a producer. She's so funny. I'm a writer producer. Like, you know, um, <laughs> no we'd love to meet you. And I was like, well, oh, well, I'm <laughs> just such an idiot. I was like, oh, I'm really busy. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I was just really like, I had no clue who she was. So um, then I said to my crew, do you know who this Shonda Rhimes is? Shonda loves this story, by the way. She thinks it's hysterical. I didn't know who she was. Um, so anyway, I go over and... Um, I'm interviewing for the job and at the end of the interview Shonda leans over and whispers in my ear I love your work on the West Wing and that was the only reason I was there wow. so the West Wing was the reason that Shonda met with me wow because she's a wing nut she loves the West Wing okay so that was you know this was supposed to be a show about DC and so that's how I got the job. I mean, the West Wing's wow. got more jobs. Um, and I have to say, Scandal is, well, first of all, you know, all, I have had a lot of great actors in my life that I'm very close to. I, I 
adore Kerry Washington. I mean, mm. there is, she's up there with George and Eric and Noah for me, um, Juliana. Uh, she, she is, she is such a pro man. She comes to work ready to do her job. She, she really takes that, how hard the crew works seriously. I mean, every Valentine's day, she would have a candy cart for the crew, you know, she just always took care of the crew and um, she's such a lovely human. And then on top of it, we both have the same sense of humor. So we're mm. all, we were all, I was constantly getting thrown off the set, by the way, because <laughs> if I came on the set, then Carrie would go, Lynn! and we'd be like, on there talking and they'd be like, Lynn, you need to go. You need to. That's so funny. <laughs> we can't get uh, anything done. No. Oh my God. <laughs> so, um, that show, I got to say, the pilot was, was pretty tricky, um, but not because of anybody, only because, you know, pilots are tricky. Um, it was fast-paced. Mm. And God bless Shonda and ABC and Betsy. They were so supportive uh, of the look, you know, that I came up, I said, why don't we do it like this in the white coat? And um, because, you know, Shonda had written about a gladiator in a suit and all that stuff. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. um, I, it was just, you know how you do a show and it's just like a magic show and it just clicks. Uh -huh. And then I wasn't sure if it would get picked up. And then we, we got picked up and um, we continued the white theme. And all of a sudden we're getting all this press. And Sarah Fisher, who was the ABC executive and now runs, she's, you know, head of production at Chandeland. Um, came to me and said, are you, are you seeing this stuff that is happening in the trades? And then Carrie goes to me, Lynn, are you on Twitter? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you need to get on Twitter because we talk about you all the time. I was like, uh, 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 like <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, it just kind of took off. And then as it took off, that enabled us as a department, um, to push it a little further, do you know? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you start out and um, you're not sure. And then, you know, as time went on, the fashion got a little fancier, I'm sure you mm -hmm. noticed. So um, that closet at the end, <laughs> that we had a giant room full of her clothes and it was like, I am so bummed it's gone, man. Oh, oh, go back to I Eden. can't yeah. imagine. It kind Probably of broke amazing. our hearts. Like Carrie and I sat in there the last week and we had a, we had a little cry. Um, but it was an amazing collection of clothes and uh, it, they set up a special room at Disney for it. Oh, really? So it's, it's there, yeah. But, it, but you know, as time goes by, it'll just deteriorate because it gets rented and I know that two weeks after we handed in all the purses I called because I thought why I should just rent them like why did I hand all the purses in I should have just handed them in and rented them back for how to get away with murder what, what was I thinking so I called and said I'd like to rent all the Prada purses they went oh sorry they're all out already they were gone oh what a bummer I know I never got them back oh it's all right next show yeah right yes, exactly <laughs> yeah but that show was fun oh it's and a great show you, like, so each connection you make in our business you know it's so important uh, to to keep those connections and um and 
it leads to a different world. So, you know, she called me, I was doing sh shameless, you know, so beating up clothes, destroying clothes, mm -hmm. making people look grungy. And then God bless Shonda, who had the vision to think this lady could do this show for me and yeah. gave me the opportunity. Do you know, mm. she's fantastic because if you looked at your last job, which is what people did to me earlier in my career, you know, then I would never have gotten scandal. Mm. Yeah. So, um, you know, God bless Shonda for having the faith. Oh, uh, that's amazing. That is so amazing. Oh, I love that. I'm lucky. <laughs> So what would you say, since we do talk about 90s to 2000s, how would you say the costume and even just the designs have changed, like say now for something like Scandal or when you worked on Little Fires Everywhere, as opposed to how like it used to be and the, just the whole process? Yeah, so I feel, you know, there are so many things that have changed our business. Um, and you guys are a lot younger than me. Um, but obviously, um, well, there are so many different areas that have changed. Well, in terms of, Let's just start with the fashion. So little fires everywhere, revisiting the 90s mm -hmm. was like, oh my God, it was mind blowing to me because <sighs> I lived it and I was uh -huh. working on some of the biggest shows on television at the time. Um, but then putting those clothes on actors that I, I mean, dressing Carrie, it was, it was mind blowing. Like, you know, you forget, <laughs> you forget mm -hmm. about the shoulder pads. And you yeah. forget that everything was oversized. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the fashion point of view, I would say things have changed dramatically. And in the silhouette, because new fabrics have become the mainstream for all of us. Everything we wear has stretch now. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. have stretch. Oh, that's, yeah. So there was a reason why people in the 90s had baggy jeans. And because you could bend your knees. Well, now the only reason we can bend our knees is because we have stretch in our jeans. So. I love the stretch. I'm glad it's around. <laughs> I know, the stretch was not around. Believe me, it was a different world. Um, and then I think for us as technicians, obviously the world has changed, hasn't it? Because now we have to... Well, how we shoot is different. Um, how we watch is different. We stream mm. everything now. Um, so there is a lot of cross-shooting that goes on. You're cross-boarding now while you're shooting four and five shows at the same time, which I just have a really hard time with. And yes. I don't know how actors do it because how can you like emotionally bop around like that um, yeah. in a day? I think it's terrifically hard on the actor. Um, and, you know, things have sped up. Like, it's like, you know, shows are, it is the golden age of TV and shows are huge. Yeah. I mean, even on Little Fires, we had, every episode was something huge. It was mm. the high school with 300 kids. And the, then it was, you know, the Halloween party. It kind of remember, reminded me of my ER days because every episode had like a big element in it uh -huh. um, that, wasn't just part of the story of these two families and how they interacted. And then I feel also that they're like this, when, when we do our social media, that's become a huge part of what I do. So when we start a new show now, um, it's not that there's an expectation, but, but each new show that I work on, um, and this started on Scandal, and I think Scandal started, I have to be honest, Kerry and Shonda started this, and no one gives them credit for it, but 
scandal live tweeting with the cast. Oh that yeah. Was, that changed how we do business. I, every week I would be on Twitter with the cast and we would, I mean, we shut down Twitter. It was insane. The amount of responses and I mean, I couldn't keep up with it. And I got mm. thrown off a couple of times for too many, you know, back then you got too many tweets, you got thrown off. Yeah. So, I just, <laughs> um, so I feel that part of sort of the PR element of our shows and the integration has really changed how we do our jobs. Don't you agree? That's oh, so yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. That the whole, I mean, the whole social media of it all is, it's crazy in our world now. I love it. I love the interaction with the, with the audience. I mean, I still speak to some of the early gladiators, like they still write to me Aww. on Twitter and I write back to them. Um, but there was this amazing link between the fans and the show. And that's why I think fans now know what people like I do. I yeah. think that's what changed everything. Yeah. That is, I remember the tweeting with Scandal and it was the coolest thing ever. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. And the oh. fact that all the cast would get on and they all love each other. I mean, I'm, I'm working on a new show for Shonda right now. Uh, it's called Inventing Anna. It might, it might change. But Jeff Perry is on it. Um, Katie Lowe is on it. Okay. You know, it's like all of the, there's a whole bunch of the scandal people who just kind of like moved over there. Oh. Um, it's going to be, you'll love it. We I'm love Shonda. Her. Like we, I'm such a fan of her work in general. The, the clothes though, the clothes on this one oh. are like oh. off the charts. Shonda just said, let Lynn, in the script she says, whatever Lynn says. I mean, that's <laughs> so cool. You that's know? awesome. So cool. Yeah. Um, and it's Julia Garner, you know, from okay. Mozart. So she's, she's brilliant. So um yeah, I think, I think our world has changed, but I love our world. Don't you? Mm -hmm. I mean, going back to work when this is over, I don't know if I'm going to oh. love my world. Yeah. I'm nervous about it. I know. I it's going to be so crazy to see what all the different changes and. I mean, because you dress people, you get close to them and you dress them. That's yeah. going to have to. It's going to be really tricky. I'll send you a picture of me in like full hazmat. You know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. And we won't be able to go on set anymore. I don't think you guys will either. We won't be able to go on stage. Yeah. We'll be a very limited crew on the set. And, it's, and like scenes, be... like party scenes or scenes yeah. with extras, I feel like won't be a thing anymore. And Extras won't be a thing. I feel bad for the extras because they'll yeah. be limited. And it's going to really change. I mean, this is going to be a huge change in our business. So. Oh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I'm nervous oh. about it, but I just want to get back to work. Yeah. yeah. I'm ready. Oh. Boy. I know. Hopefully sooner than later. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I know. Every time I say I that, then it's like, nope. No. I know. Then something happens and you're like, I'm like, oh, I think the cases are getting better. And then the spike. Nope. And, All right. Zoom it is. <laughs> I know. Oh. The darn Zoom. So that's my, that's my life in a nutshell right there. This, this has been, been amazing. Great. I mean, like I, you know, I've worked on some like shows in college and stuff, but I just ha really did not know what goes into it for a costume designer. And I can't thank you enough for sharing all of this because it's, oh I've gosh. loved listening to this. It's so, I think people think that we just sit at 
like some fancy department store and pick clothes. I don't think people realize that you're part shrink, you know, you're <laughs> part like stylist and, but then you have to get into the writer's head and you have to get into the director's mm. head. I don't think people realize how complicated it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, when people write to me and say, I want to do what you should do. And I, I meet a lot of kids, you know, I really go out of my way to have people in my office. Um, and I just, um, I explain it to them and then they mm. don't usually want to do it after that. <laughs> <laughs> like, it definitely what? is way more involved than I personally realized. Oh, I thought I'd be like, you know, picking clothes up from Tom Ford. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Thank you. Oh, Thank you Lynn. so much. It was nice so to nice meet to you. So nice to meet you both. Nice to meet you too. Stay well, safe. Yeah, if we're back on the lot, come and visit me. We Definitely. will. <laughs> I'll show you around. Oh, that'd be oh. incredible. Bye. Bye. Oh my God, you guys. How great was Lynn? God, her stories were actually incredible. It was incredible. I loved when she talked about that she witnessed the cast of Friends play basketball with George Clooney. I, like, I just can't even imagine what that would be like. The amount of people that would have wanted to see that with their very eyes. It is, it would have been interesting to be, like, part of the first, how she talked about that Martin Sheen story, like, to be in the tour department, like it would have been in it back whenever tours were first starting, like seeing the ER people, the friends people, like I wonder what they actually all were like because tours were so new back then. That is such a good point because when we worked there, they were just people we talked about. They were stories that we shared and we were able to show people sets from those shows, but to be there when Jennifer Aniston was just walking around, I can't, I can't. Oh my god. I don't think I realized that Step by Step filmed at Warner Brothers until this interview. I know. Truly, like we learned so much from Lynn as as well just about costume designing. I didn't realize how much goes into it. Oh my god, same. Oh, you guys, this was so so great. Lynn, if you are listening, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your amazing stories with us. And it was she was so inspirational as well. I feel like she was like giving us advice too about, you know, like your connections and everything. And I know. Our listeners giving them advice. Yes. Not to us. Yes. Everybody can take Lynn's advice and apply it to their life. Oh, she was so, so great. Guys, if you liked this episode, please do us a huge favor and share it on any social media. Go give us a thumbs up, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can follow us pretty much everywhere. We're at BTTB podcast on Instagram. We are on Twitter. Just search back to the best on Facebook. And honestly, if you want a one-stop shop, just go to www.bttbpodcast.com. Oh, and you guys, we also added a new tab to our website recently. You can just click on the guest tab and you can see some guests that we have had on. Lynn's going to be up there. She'll be there. And speaking of guests, you will not want to miss next Thursday's episode. We interviewed Jim Fall, the director of the Lizzie McGuire movie. You guys, I know, I know we always say you're not going to want to miss this one, but you're really not going to want to miss this one. We know we have a bunch of Lizzie lovers just like us. And this is, you're going to want to tune in next Thursday. He, it's amazing. It's amazing. And we're just going to leave it on that. So like, 
actually make sure you tune in next time where we are going to keep taking you. Back to the best. Bye. Bye.